I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Yeah, and you that dropping can, your voice. That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> Okay, so the other thing is, David, I was hanging out with a friend, and we don't have to talk about this today specifically, hanging out with a friend, a dear friend of mine, who I hope someday will be a guest here, and this friend was late in life diagnosed with being on the spectrum, on the autism spectrum, and this friend also connected to that, got a slew of battery of tests of things, and this friend starts talking about how she came to learn she had a mild form of dyslexia. And she came to understand that like some of these things she just assumed everyone did were different than what everyone did. And she's explaining all this to me. And what happens? <laughs> I mean, I can tell you what some of those things are, but I, pretty much every single one on there is, is, I mean, like she's explaining things to me and I'm like, no, that's, that's just what everyone does. And she's like, no, 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 it isn't. Like all the way down to at one point she goes, let's take a look at your handwriting. And and she's like, okay, let's see if there's words like letters missing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my handwriting is notoriously bad. We get Christmas cards returned every year, that kind of thing. My handwriting changes all the time. It's more word suggestions, general direction of a word that occurs. It's not a word. It's like, ah, you know, that word. Um, and I just thought it was a thing, you know, like, oh, yeah, I just don't care. My handwriting sloppy or something. Um, but then she started pointing out like, oh, but do your, does your hand go up instead of down on certain letters or, or, or flips things? And I'm like, oh, yeah, all the time. But isn't that just everyone? You're just writing and you're like, <laughs> stuff like this, like really specific stuff. And point is, is I'm pretty sure I have really, I, I, I don't know. Again, I haven't been officially diagnosed, but like now I'm like, holy goodness. And point is, is OK, so the reason I even bring this up is because, OK, so like what does that change? I don't know what that changes. It just makes me realize like, oh, I do a lot of accommodating when I'm reading or when I'm reading aloud and like, oh, now I get that I'm doing this. It's mild. OK. But I looked up dyscalculia. And I think I have a pretty moderate form of that, if not like borderline, like I, anyway. So as I'm reading that, I feel like I've talked about this on this podcast, how like I, I can't tell analog time and the analog time switches on me. I can't like like numbers switch on me. Um, I, I, point is, is just all these things that I didn't know aren't what everyone thinks I suddenly realize, oh, I think about it so differently or my brain does not do the thing everyone else's brain does. And it's a similar feeling to what it was like to learn that I was neurodivergent. But I just wanted to put this out there because I don't know. I know that's like not the main meat of our podcast, but like 
What? <laughs> How can you, no, there's 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 so much there. Okay. Wait, there's so I like can I, I do want to just hug you. <laughs> That's it. Like this is a hug moment. <laughs> Neurodiversity isn't one thing. Mm-hmm. That's why it's neurodiversity. And I think that we get caught in systems of thinking about like pathology. Yeah. What's wrong as opposed to like how brains work differently without pathology, mm-hmm. right? Like they're just meant to work differently. And whether we're talking about dyscalculia or we're talking about like uh, dyslexia, slow processing. Can you say that word again, autism, by the way? Dys- dyscalculia. I dyscalculia? can't say that word right. How do you say it? Dyscalculia. Yeah, I think I'm saying it right, but this is that moment where we're in the vacuum where I've been saying it in my head and you've been saying it in your head. So like 50-50 shot. One, one of us has, has it. it How like do you say it? Please say it though. I just need to hear it. Dyscalculia. 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 Okay, I like that better. Dyscalculia just sounds creepy to me. Like, Or, or, or awesome, awesome if like, it's I actually like... the way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because it's coolia. It is you know? coolia. It is coolia. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> But but like what they all actually do is they change ways that people have to think about attention cycles and how to attend and how to use accommodation. Mm. And I think that um, like a lot of like some kids can look like they have ADHD and then they get glasses and all of a sudden the ADHD symptoms go. Yeah. Away. Well, it's not that they they had an abundance of attention. They they were losing attention. These kids were talking and blurting out because they weren't seeing prompts. They weren't being able to see things. And then once they could see things. Oh, they felt better. Mm. And I think that, like, there's a lot of things that we in society go, like, no, it just stinks for me and I'm going to move forward. It's got, oh, well, that's just me, right? But we don't ask for help in it because we don't want to talk about the broken or damaged parts of us. Yeah. And then we walk around thinking that it's just harder for us. Yeah. And I think that, okay. But it, it, this is where, the, where it gets hard because I want to say, like, the, the, Part of this that I get stuck with sometimes, and I feel like we we might want to spend some time talking about it, is like how, like ADHD, um, autism, dyslexia, like we can go down any any graph here. That's your brain. That's that's your brain all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's not your brain only breaking, right? Like for me, like ADHD is a part of my life, every bit of it, right? And. It makes things awesome. <laughs> it, we don't walk around, you know, being like, oh, my God, you like that pasta? Yeah, that's my ADHD right there. Wouldn't have had it if you didn't have it. Like, trust me, that's ADHD pasta. And, like, why is it ADHD pasta? Because, like, all of a sudden I started throwing a bunch of, like, seasonings together. And I was like, what is this going to taste like? And how does this work? And, oh, my God, and I could do that. And, whoa. And, like, all of a sudden you're experimenting with the cooking. And we can say, like, that's very creative. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I could be like, that's impulsive. Uh, and I think that, like, right, the pejorative parts of these words, it's like, I think there are so many skills and strengths. Like, with dyslexia, people have, like, the creativity for people that, well, I won't even single out dyslexia, for people that have to learn differently, typically their creativity is through mm. the roof. Um, problem solving through the roof, because you're used to, like, problem solving in weird ways to, like, for accommodations. And now all of a sudden you're thinking differently for everyone. So, whenever someone's out of the box thinking, it's like, oh, Hold on. I can yeah, do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I don't think we, I don't think we, like, they're not symptoms. They're behaviors. Yeah. Like, we're not, like, how do we talk about these things differently? Because I want, part of me wants to, like, the, you know, we, we got to normalize people and experiences. But, like, often at times I can hear ADHD becoming an excuse for something. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I have ADHD. 
Yeah. And, yeah. Or it's like, oh, I'm having my, my ADHD's kind of out of control today. Or like, it's just like a high. Well, it's interesting because, okay. Well, first off, I just want to pause and say, I totally have ADHD pasta. I have a pasta dish that I, I swear I invented that was lent purely by the neurodivergence in my brain, right. gathering spices that I just happened to have, yes. and half of them I forgot. And like, at once a week I make it, and it's usually a slightly different variation because it's whatever's in the drawer. But anyway, that made me laugh because I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's so interesting because, yeah, I guess, you know, it's interesting even in the way I frame this, right? Like, I, I think the thing that blew my mind, I'm just going to back up and like kind of give some more details. So like some of the things that my my friend was describing, um, she was kind of like talking about like, oh, when you took reading comprehension tests in school, like how did you go through it? And I was like, well, <laughs> obviously what you do is you read the questions and then you reread the passage for every question, sometimes multiple times. And she's like, see, some people are able to read the passage, keep that in their working memory, and then, like, answer a question. And I just started laughing. I was like, that makes no sense to me. I don't even. And I think it's like this interesting. It's like a it's like a fleeting moment. I don't know if this makes any sense, but it was like a fleeting moment of talking with her. And I wonder, I feel that way when we talk sometimes or like when we kind of cover this topic sometimes. Where it's like a fleeting glimpse of what it would be like if everyone else got that about you, sort of. And like, I almost imagine that's like a little momentary glimpse of what it might be like to be neurotypical. <laughs> like to like, I, I, and does that make sense? Like almost like, oh yeah, like, yeah, of course we just both assume that's how it's done. And that's like how we would do it. And then like, huh? someone would do it differently but it's like so rare to feel that you know i don't know if that makes sense that makes sense you're talking about near peer mentoring like when you find somebody that's that's like you mm -hmm. that isn't like like you in a in like a bad position it's like someone that's like oh you oh oh you, you okay I, I like the way you walk too i walk that yeah. way like all of a sudden it validates and normalizes experience because i think we're we're always caught in that damaged place. Like we're doing it. Broken. Yes. Or we're just bad at doing the thing that everyone else can yes. do. Yes. It's just an easy explanation. It's, it's our fault. And then all of a sudden someone goes, no, it's interesting because I think the working memory is part of it. I just want to say like the working, the way I've always thought about it. And this is interesting because of course I think about it in non-pathology terms. Like it's like the working memory could be one thing, but like when you can read the questions first, you get structure for where to put the other information. You can like, it makes sense. Mm. For me, it's like, oh, yeah, I need that structure. Would I forget? Maybe. <laughs> like, like, maybe. But, That's true. But I think, like, I also know that, like, we have incredible memory. Mm -hmm. We have incredible visual spatial memory. So it's like, I get caught in, like, how we organize stuff. I think it's like, like, there's this really incredible guy, this really incredible researcher and, and theorist and person in the field of ADHD, Barkley. Mm -hmm. Does a lot of work. Barclay speaks of ADHD solely with a medical model. Ah. The symptoms, the dysfunction, the problems, it's all based in the problems that aren't good. Mm. Symptoms. Sure. And I think, you know, whether organizations or people or clinicians, I think we need to start talking about behavior, not problems. Like, I talk really fast. It's either a symptom of ADHD or a behavior with ADHD. Wait, say that again. 
I like my brain got yeah. so excited when you said that, but I don't. I talk. Yeah, I talk really fast, right? We could talk about me talking really fast as a symptom of ADHD. Mm -hmm. Or we could talk about me talking fast as a behavior with ADHD. It's the stark difference of one is about sickness and one is just a thing. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Okay. I guess, okay, I don't know what's happening in my own head right now. What what comes to my mind when you say that, and I don't know if this makes, I'll just put it out there. Why not? Um, there's a a thing I remember reading about in one of the best books, in my opinion, I've ever read called Tale of the Dueling Neurosurgeons by Sam Keen. Do you, have you read this book? No, oh my amazing. gosh, David. Okay, brace yourselves, everybody. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, so anything by Sam Keen. He also writes like incredible, like he's, he's kind of all about like the history of science and he's also super funny and just like, not, not dissimilar to Mary Roach where she like, if anyone hasn't read Mary Roach, please. <laughs> but like, it's like, you know, kind of goes into these like really fascinating tangents about everything and tons of footnotes and it's like delightful to read. Um, I, in my mind, I, I kind of classify that as like neurodivergent friendly writing or something like to hear it said or to read it in the written word. Cause it's like, I love all the parentheses. I love the footnotes It immediately makes me joyful. Um, I don't know why, but anyway, he was writing about like different understandings of the brain and something I took away from this book and I've read about it since is that they were kind of trying to figure out like, okay. Well, we make a choice, right? Like a conscious prefrontal cortex decision. And then our motor neuron, like let's say, you know, I'm reaching for the coffee cup or something. Like it, it's like our, we like to think it's, oh, I'm thinking I'm reaching for the coffee cup. And then I like reach for the coffee cup, right? But actually what happens is our motor neuron system, like the system in charge of moving our bodies is activated and doing the action before <laughs> our prefrontal yep. cortex technically makes the decision to do it. Pause for effect, everybody. Okay, just think on that. Your body is reaching for the coffee cup before you consciously decide you're reaching for a coffee cup because you need coffee. So like he was kind of talking about how like so much of our behavior and so much of our like movements even it's like our brain is always just, just, and it's like increments of nanoseconds, but it's always running behind. Like our explanation for what we do is lagging to the motions and the things we're doing. And I think about when you were saying like, well, I talk fast and I see it as, I almost like, does that make sense? I don't know why that's coming into my brain. Help. <laughs> why is this no, a connection? I'm making some weird Wait, connection. I'm loving everything. You're, well, Wait, wait, I'm loving everything you're talking about because, like, that is a big thing. That what you just said is a way that, like, I've really thought about human behavior and brains, and I want to make sure that I'm doing the Isabel moment where I go, "Whoa, Isabel, hold on, <laughs> let me make sure I'm hearing what you're saying." Right? Like, let me let me throw this back. So, what you're saying is, our body makes the decision to move before our brain thinks about moving. Yes. Yes. So you're saying that the behavior comes first and our thoughts come second. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not to similar side note to research on emotions. Like our emotions always precede the thought about the emotion. 
Like the sensation, the emotional state always will precede the thought. Even if we like to think, oh, I was thinking about it and that's what made me sad. Like, no, it's like our brain fills the gap for the thing. It's like we're constantly generating a, like a schema or, or a way to explain like what we're thinking, like what we're doing or feeling. Sort of? It's reflexes. Yes. yes. Like this is where like maybe like if I go to a really like reductionist place, like my first real intense psychology training was behavioral psychology. And like on some level, I do think that we are, we're very like stimulus response creatures. Like I don't think we make very many decisions in the world today. We pretend <laughs> and think that we make like lots of really complex decisions, mm -hmm. but like we really mm -hmm. don't. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to get into like the fate destiny conversation, right? But like nine times out of 10, like you pick your favorite fast food restaurant, you go to the drive through right? Like there's a giant menu in front of you, mm -hmm. right? No one looks at that menu. Everyone knows what they're getting. Has it been a good day? I'm going to get this. Has it been a bad day? I'm going to get this. Like everyone has those, they're, they're autopilots, right? And so like what the habits that we end up getting, like our habits or our rituals or you know, the way we live our life, that becomes a routine that we don't have to think about, that becomes outsourced. So, so like we have to practice doing the things we want to do when it doesn't matter. And I think it's comical because we have ADHD and that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so like, like, Wait, so you're saying I need to like institute habits or rituals or routines when there are low stakes, no time pressure and nobody yeah. pressure, like yeah. no one holding me accountable? What? Yeah, it's like, well, wait, it's, it's, it's the funniest thing. The, the other way I think about it so I feel better is if you're going to try an accommodation or you're going to try like a new thing, Think about it as like when you want to learn how to swim. Do you want to learn how to swim in a swimming pool or jumping off of a cruise ship? <laughs> you know, That's like, an amazing like, metaphor. Like, okay, I love it. I'm going to like, because side note, that applies to like, I could see that transferring to everything. Yeah. Do you want to wait until the everything. moment you actually need it? Or do you actually want to be so practiced at it that it just it becomes habit? That's like what military training is, right? Like, it's like teaching people to like, literally automate like this is how you put the weapon together this is what you do in the circumstance so that it's like gonna happen when you're in that zone you know okay. yes and they intentionally put things in that training to desensitize people to different threats or vulnerabilities whether there are things that they would think about or other people so you're gonna notice weapons faster you're gonna notice people faster mm. you're gonna realize that getting rid of those people make you feel safer. It's the strangest form of negative reinforcement if we think about it. Like negative reinforcement is removing something from the environment to add it to make you know, increase reinforcing value. So getting rid of threats are like a really great example of negative reinforcement. You feel better for every threat. You get rid of. So is negative reinforcement like how when you procrastinate, which we all, which I know we've talked about here, is like a wonderful thing or like a thing to plan for. Um, Drug of choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how as you get closer to the deadline and you work on the thing, it's you're consistently getting relief. And that's so like it's like yeah. negative reinforcements like that idea of like when you get in the car. I, I just remember this is like the classic thing they rinse and repeat in psych classes is like negative reinforcement is when you get in the car and the car beeps at you until you buckle your seatbelt. Like it's the moment you buckle your seatbelt, mm -hmm. it's considered negative reinforcement because you remove the added stimulus, like the beep sound is removed. It's real confusing, everyone. We oh, can go down a yeah, hole. Like, we'll like, put it in the show notes. There's like lots of ways to like explain some of this jargon. But yeah. 
when 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 you wake up in the morning because your alarm clock is going off and you turn it off and you get that sweet silence like that's negative reinforcement <laughs> like you are you are feeling good because the horrible abrasive noise has been removed from the environment right like is that how and I was think, that, no, like, is that how like ADHD medication or like caffeine I mean it's, it's a very separate process right but do you think it could be a reinforcing habit because it like calms or makes it like less intense anyway that's a stretch Oh, wait, I want to jump on this. Yes. Here's the thing. Can I, like the thing that I think about with, with the medication or like in any successful intervention, because it doesn't have to be medication, yeah, right? Course. But like any successful intervention dramatically increases self-esteem, dramatically makes the person feel better, yeah. right? Like it, it is, um, it is naturally reinforcing because you're able to feel the difference of pain. Like it is. Like re, like reinforcement in a whole is just anything that makes you feel like increases the frequency of the thing repeatedly. It's not just feel good, but like it's it's weird. And I think that like when we're taking medication, we have a more accurate or interventions that work. We have more accurate appraisal of what we're mm-hmm. doing. We are not motivated by feelings. We're motivated by behavior, which is very different. And I think that um, it creates a, a more tangible grasp on time. Yeah. How how to put this? If I'm hearing you correctly, what you mean about um like medication, you're you're being motivated by behavior as opposed to emotion. Um is sort of like in a way reintroducing a choice to like what you're going to do next. But then how I mean, I know we're like all over the place here. It's like a fun little web. What how, what do you let's go can we go back to that whole idea like well nothing is a choice sort of mm-hmm. then like how does that all work to get like do you do you think like like i mean this is just on a, like a random thought bubble but like if we are what if like folks who are neurodivergent and have not you know like like people call us impulsive right or they call us like less inhibited or something, right? Like, oh, I word vomit. I talk too much. I move too much. Da da da. What if it's just there is a less of a hold of that like, no, 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 explain it all. Make it all make sense. That like lives. Do you know what I mean? Like I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like I almost picture that sometimes more neurodivergent ways of thinking and behaving have like it's like a horse with like reins on it you know it's like the reins are like kind of like keeping you know the horse moving in a certain direction and it's like the reins matter a lot but imagine if you live your life without any reins like you just kind of don't get why the reins matter until someone's like get over here horse and you're like ah i don't know i'm loving everything you said (laughs) like like and i'm seeing it as a picture it's really weird okay so this is what I'm, I'm imagining a world where half the people are these rockets and they have these tail fins mm-hmm. on them. And every once in a while they go <laughs> and they like shoot into the air and then they come down with a little parachute and everyone goes, yay, right? Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while there's a different rocket and it, it looks really, it's like a bigger rocket. It has like way more fuel. Like this thing is going to go crazy, but it has no fins on it. And that's, <laughs> I'm the rocket with no <laughs> fins on it. And and just in case you're curious as a child and maybe you decide to launch a rocket with no fins on it in, in a you know elementary school back you know playground, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's gonna um, go everywhere. It, 
it launches, it, you know, if you hype, hype, you know, just, just, just footballing here, it maybe goes 10 feet in the air and then makes a hard left turn and does figure eights all over a field and you're dodging it. My point is the medication, the accommodations, the people are fins for our rockets. They're brakes for our car. What we don't like, our bodies will self-medicate with stimulation, anxiety, anger, mm-hmm. right? Like excitement. It's going like to go. Shame, it's not always shame. negative. We're going to shame ourselves into a break. Mm-hmm break system just yeah. just doing it right or you can i don't want to just say medication you can have that medication you can take that coffee you can go for that run you can have that thing that you do that increases the level of stimulation that you have and you get to pick what feeling it's attached to you get to go to the you know the place that you want to go otherwise people who are adhd are always going to go to the next threat what's the next threat no choice Next threat, next threat. When you take the medication, you can go, next threat accomplished. (laughs) Now I have 30 minutes before the next threat comes. What do I want to do with that? Like, that's the shift that I see. And in terms of like us not having a choice in what we do, it's a moment of like incorporating something into your habit and then seeing what it looks like 20 years down the road. Like, let's see what that looks like together. Like, did medication work for me? Like, oh my God, I think it did. Mm. Yeah. Would my life be the same if I didn't take medication? No, it absolutely wouldn't. Um, what would be different? I have no, I don't know. Let me just say these things. I don't know if I would have met my partner. Mm. I don't know if I would have finished undergrad. I would not have gone to grad school. I know that 100%. I wouldn't have the job that I have right now. And you and I wouldn't be talking. Oh, that makes me so I'm sad. I'm not saying I wouldn't yeah, be an awesome no, like You'd be awesome, but like, yeah. I would be awesome. I'd be really funny. I might be a stand-up comic. I might be like working drywall or doing some kind of carpentry. I have some pretty cool tools. Like this isn't about like, oh, well, it's me. But what I do know is like my ability to make choices now, they're expanded. Like I've learned how to drywall in the last 10 years. That was really fun. It was actually a few years ago. Drywall my basement. Feel really accomplished. Right? But like. It's the choice that I want to figure out how to do that as opposed to feeling like that's all I can do. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks.